Hey, we're just jumping on real quick with a warning disclaimer. We are going to play on this episode about six minutes of the 911 call. And there's like almost 30 minutes of 911 call, but we kind of just condensed it down. And as we were doing the podcast, I realized it's kind of disturbing to hear and it might really upset people to hear this. So I just wanted to put a warning out there from me and from Renee and me just to say, hey, you know, if things like that bother you, if if hearing someone in distress bothers you, it's probably a good idea not to listen to this episode. And we just want to let you know. Or fast forward to that part of it. Yeah. Yeah. It is disturbing a little bit while she's. Yeah. We just want to let you know ahead of time. So thank you for listening to True Crime Broads. Welcome to True Crime Broads. This is Crystal. And Renee. And today we're doing something a little bit different. We're so excited you joined us. We're actually covering a case that is very current. It's actually unfolding in the media right now. Rex Huerman of New York was recently arrested on July 14th, 2023. Um, Allegedly, he is the Long Island serial killer. Amazing story. Really, I mean, really and truly, it's in the news right now. If you're following it, um, it's fascinating. So just stay tuned, and we're going to go over the case now. True Crime Broads with Crystal and Renee. Welcome back to True Crime Broads. We're ready to get started. We are going to be talking about the recent arrest of Rex Huerman of uh, New York. He was recently arrested and is allegedly the Long Island serial killer. Um, I, you know, never really gotten to, I don't know, never done a lot of research on serial killers, I guess, because they're so complex. And I don't know, but this one seemed different, I guess, because it was so many years ago that he was, uh, that this had happened. And then he just recently got arrested. So the details on how that all happened is interesting to me. So we're going to start in the beginning. So May 1st of 2010, Shannon Gilbert um, went, went missing. Joseph Brewer was a 46-year-old unemployed resident of Oak Beach. He had responded to a Craigslist ad posted by Shannon Gilbert. So a lot of these ladies, these sex workers, were posting uh, their ads on the Craigslist, and people were responding to them, and that's what he was using to get these women. Shannon, she was a sex worker. She was an aspiring actress. Uh, She had a driver, and I would say more like a security person, somebody Mm -hmm. who would be there to protect them. His name was Michael Pack. So on May 1st at 2 a.m., Shannon arrived at the Brewer's home in a dark SUV at a two-story house on Fairway Drive in Oak Beach. It was a gated community on Long Island. So she was there, and he was there with her. He waited in the SUV for her. At 5 a.m., Joseph Brewer, which is the guy she was seeing, came outside asking Pack to help him with Shannon. Something was happening, and he wasn't sure what exactly was going on, so... He wanted his help. So Shannon had called 911 at 4.51 a.m. And she kept saying, someone's trying to kill me. Uh, and you could hear Brewer asking Shannon to leave. Um, and, and she replies, why? What are you going to do to me? Where do you hear that? This is on the 911 call. Oh, okay, gotcha. So she's, she's saying all these conflicting things. So it's very interesting. So I'm going to play that now. And it's the 911 call. Hello? 
Hello? Hello, you dialed into the 911 system. How can I assist you? Yeah. Hello? Yeah. Do you need the police? Yeah. Where? Where? Who's there with you? Hello? What's going on? What? Somebody is harassing you? Who? Let me talk to him. Let me talk to him. I'm at Jones Beach. You're at Jones Beach? All right, let me connect you to state police. Stay on the line. Bye. You gotta talk louder to them. Why? Why? State police, Trooper Fry. State police. Yeah, there's somebody after me. I'm sorry? There's somebody after me. Where are you? There's somebody after me. Okay, where are you? There's somebody after me. Where are you, ma'am? I don't know. You're driving right now? No, I'm inside the house. I'm sorry? I'm inside the house. What house? I don't know. Can you trace where I am? I'm sorry? Can you trace where I am? No, I can't. What's your callback number you're calling from? Huh? What phone number are you calling from? Somebody's asking me. Please. Are you in Suffolk County or Nassau County? Um, okay, we're just going to stop the 911 call for a minute. That is just heartbreaking to hear this poor woman in distress. She can't say where she is because mm -hmm. apparently she has no idea. She's right. been taken somewhere. Is that what we're thinking? Oh my gosh. Sorry. Renee's phone ring. <laughs> and so, um, so what we're thinking is she's been taken somewhere and she doesn't know where she is. And apparently her cell phone, or is that her cell phone or someone else's? Because she seems to not know the phone I number. I think it's hers. I think they connected it to be her phone. Okay. Yeah. So why can't she give the number? Yeah, that's interesting. Very that's strange. wild. Okay, back to the recording. Sorry. I just had to ask those questions. Suffolk County, Nassau County. Please. Please stop. Please. Please. 
Hello, daughter. I'm going to pause it here for just a second. Um, it's so interesting to me that she seems so confused by the fact that they're calling her by her name and they're asking one of, I guess, Joseph Brewer, the one that owns the home, he's asking her to leave and Michael Pack, her guard or her, you know, uh, security person, he is trying to get her to leave and she's telling them no. I wonder, did she use like a different name for her business and like he found out her real name? Is that why she's maybe, confused? Because, you know, sometimes so. like your name might That's be like, point. you know, Mercedes or something. And yeah. then like your real name is Veronica or whatever. Yeah. Um. So... I don't know if that's the case. And that's interesting because um, that does happen a lot. Yeah. For, you know, sense. for sex workers, they yeah. might not use their real name. I don't know though. I'm just grasping at straws. And then um, it just seems the whole thing is just very strange and very sad. And she sounds like she's in distress. Do you think she was drugged? Has anything come out in the media about that? I have heard the toxicology reports came back that there was nothing found in her system, which makes it even weirder. Yeah. Because she seems a little. She seems off and like she's confused. And yeah. she seems like. They're, she thinks they're going to try to hurt her, but yeah, she doesn't want to leave. I, that would be the first thing yeah, I would want to do. I'd be really like, I'm leaving. She must have just been so terrified that yeah, she didn't want to move. She I wasn't able to think, you know, clearly. Okay, right. go ahead. pause it right here again. Um, sorry, because I want to, I, I know there's so much technology out there and I'm thinking there's got to be somebody out there that can do audio and split those voices up because you can't, there's so much noise, so much. I'm sure they have. Don't I, you think? I don't know. I just, because I know that these people have been questioned and so forth and you know, they've never been, nobody has been convicted in her murder 
but I'm just saying it's just interesting. There's so much there's noise. You can tell she's moving around with the phone. The guy, Michael Pack is talking, Joseph Brewer's talking. And I, th- I feel like they were probably forcefully making her leave. And that's why she was freaking out, I guess. Hmm. What do you think? I have no idea. It's so crazy. Sorry. What's the matter? Are you okay? What are you going to do? What are you going to do to me? Why? Huh? Well, I don't know. But it was kind of good to me. Why? No, no. Wait, are you going to call me? I think it's just a county. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Okay, so that's the end of it. Um, That was six minutes of 35 minutes, and that is an unedited version of the 911 call. So it includes the very beginning before they transferred it and everything. It's 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 long, uh, but I wanted everybody to hear it from where she goes from just talking, you know, just kind of casually, like somebody's trying to get me, to are y'all going to kill me? Why are y'all trying to make me leave? I mean, it's just very confusing. Um, at that point, Shannon took off. I guess they finally got her out of the house. She stopped at two different neighbors' houses saying someone's trying to kill her. Uh, both of them ended up calling 911. I think one of them let her come in. Um, she begged him not to call 911 for some reason. I don't really understand that part. The other one, he didn't let her in and he called 911 himself. So basically, um, she's running around screaming somebody's trying to kill her. Um, and when the police did arrive, she was nowhere to be found. They couldn't find her anywhere. And I believe from what we've heard, Michael Pack even drove around looking for her everywhere. And he finally gave up and went home at that point. So then police searched Joseph Brewer's house. They seized his car. They questioned him and Michael Pack. They both took polygraphs and neither are suspects currently. I don't believe anybody has been charged in her murder. I don't even, they don't even consider it a murder. They consider it an accident at this point. So on December 11th of 2010, a detective with a cadaver dog was on a training exercise. He had basically been asked to go out and search for these, uh, the Gilgo Beach area. The dog turned up a set of bones, and two days later, police found three more sets of bones. All of them were wrapped in burlap. Uh, December 13th, police found three more bodies, Maureen Brainerd, Megan Waterman, and Amber Costello. All were found approximately 500 feet apart. Um, and that, and that, that's pretty crazy. I mean, they've been looking for these uh, these missing women for years. Um, they were technically looking for Shannon Gilbert 
And this man was just going out there doing a training exercise with this cadaver dog, just seeing one more time, can we find her body? They know that's where she, you know, where all the calls were coming from in that general area. And it was like a marshy area. So I guess if somebody's out there, you can't even see them because the, the, uh, it's so tall out there. You can't just see anything. So this dog finds all these uh, body parts. So March of 2011, partial remains of Jessica Taylor were found alongside Ocean Parkway um, from 2003. Other parts of Taylor were found in Manorville. And I don't know. I'm assuming all these cities are really close together. April of 2011, police found more remains, a female toddler and an unknown Asian female. So there's, I think there's a total of 11 bodies that ended up being unearthed at this point. Mm-hmm. The The reason they call it the Gilgo Four is because those four particular bodies were found pretty much together. Unbelievable. Yeah, it's just, it's a lot. So June of 2011, a $25,000 reward for information was put up. And then in November of 2011, police announced they believe one person to be responsible for all 10 murders. And I think it ended up being 11 at one point, but that's what it said. So I just kept it at 10. So then now we're going to go to the Gilgo Four, the four women that were found together. And remember, they ended up finding Shannon Gilbert's body. But at this point, they just have these four ladies and in the process of looking for Shannon. So July 9th of 2007, Maureen Brainerd Barnes, 25 years old, was last seen in her room at a Super 8 motel in Midtown Manhattan. She had left her home in Norwich, Connecticut to meet a client she booked on the Craigslist. Um, She was reported missing July 14th, 2007. Her body was found December 13th, 2010, and it was uh, said that she had been strangled. The first body that was actually found was July 12th of 2009. She went missing on July 12th of 2009. Sorry about that. She was the first body that they found when they found all these bodies. Her name is Bar- Melissa Bartholomew. She was last seen outside her apartment on an Underhill Avenue in the Bronx. She had arranged a $1,000 date with a client uh, the next day. And it was somewhere on Long Island. They weren't sure where. Her body was found December 11th, 2010. And again, she was strangled. So you can see the, you know, the kind of thing that all of these are the same. They were all wrapped in burlap. They were 500 feet apart from each other. And they were all out there basically where Shannon Gilbert, the the last known location of Shannon Gilbert. So, okay. So June 6, 2010, Megan Waterman, age 22, went missing. She was last seen in, I don't know how to say this name, Hoppapage. I don't know how to say it. I've heard it, but I don't know how to say it. Anyway, somewhere in New York, it's a really hard word to say, in New York, walking towards a nearby convenience store. She had been staying in a a Holiday Inn Express in that same city and was seen on video walking out of the hotel at 1.30 a.m. Her body was found December 13th, 2010, and again, she was strangled. September 12th of 2010, Amber Lynn Costello was missing, age 27. She was last seen by her roommate leaving her home in North Babylon to meet a client. The client had called three to four times and offered Amber $1,500 for her services. Her body was found December 13th, 2010, again, strangled. So you can see these all the same thing. They've all been killed in the same way. They were all wrapped in burlap and, and left in the same location. Unbelievable. I know. So scary. 
Okay. Well, you know, in this, like we said at the beginning, this is still unfolding on mm-hmm. a daily basis. We're seeing updates almost daily. And just as recently as July 25th, mm-hmm. which was day before yesterday, um, CNN reported, I think Fox News, I think everyone reported this, a lot of evidence, quote unquote, was recovered as they searched his home, the DA said. Uh, Rex Huberman's Long Island home has um, been searched thoroughly and investigators found quite a lot of evidence is the way they put it. And that is coming straight from Suffolk County district attorney, Ray Tierney. And he said, um, with all intents and purposes, we're done with the search. So I guess they are done or complete going mm-hmm. through his house. Um, they have been digging up his yard for days. That was a huge spot too that yeah. they, they, they uh, and they were crazy. using ground penetrating radar yeah and a backhoe what's a backhoe it's that big huge yellow thing that has that claw that comes oh, down and digs up the yard dang yeah. okay a backhoe and a police dog in the search for additional evidence that's coming from suffolk county police commissioner rodney harrison um There was nothing of note taken from the backyard as far as remains go, said Tierney. But he did add that investigators will be conducting forensic and DNA analysis on any items recovered inside the home, including hair fibers. And, um, you know, they've been operating on the theory, according to authorities, that Huberman committed these killings inside this home, Mm -hmm. which is just a few miles from where the remains of these women were found. So um, it's just very interesting that he was married this whole time. Oh, I know. And did you hear about his wife, um, her reply to hearing that he was being charged with uh, murder, three counts? Because they didn't charge him with the fourth one because there was no evidence found on that body. Uh But the other three they did. Her response was, huh, well, it is what it is. Well, she did file for divorce, correct? Yeah. So she's probably as stunned as the rest of us. Yeah. I mean, well, actually way more stunned than we are. Sorry. Right. <laughs> she was yeah. married to him. Well, you know, they this. Uh, I listened to this uh, podcast called Off the Cuff, and it's a uh, retired uh, NYPD uh, uh, police officer investigator. And he basically said that they think the reason that they didn't reply more shocking you know how most people are like absolutely not that did not happen there's no way that he could have killed anybody is because he probably had a uh he was probably hard to live with he was probably very you know controlling uh verbally abusive things like that and he thinks that's why the wife wasn't like there's no way my husband did this she just kind of said it is what it is you know she's probably just so stunned and overwhelmed um so Hurman, is that how you say it uh-huh. He was arrested July 13th in New York City, where he worked as an architectural consultant. So this is a pretty successful guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't, you know, that's a really good job and you're in New York City. And it's just amazing to think that he was leading this double life. And that's just so crazy to think about. And he he, he um, pled not guilty through his court-appointed um, attorney. Now, um, something else I find really interesting and I'm going to go ahead and tell you about that as well, is BTK, okay? He came out in the media after this took place and said, this is Dennis Rader, y'all, the BTK, the BTK killer, Dennis Rader. He said 
that the Gil- the Gilgo Beach suspect Rex Herman is a quote unquote a clone of me. Oh my gosh, he had to get in there. And- I know it's like, why are you making this about you? And but you, there's you know, that's his narcissism hanging out there for yeah. us all to see again. And you know what BTK stands for? Bind, torture, kill. Mm-hmm. I did uh, research on him when I was in college. Of course, uh, he was a definite one to look at. The, I can't believe that he had to get his little two cents in. And I wonder how he even got that known. He must have told somebody, hey, I want to talk to the media. And they were like, heck yeah. <laughs> right, right. And if you want to hear more about this, BTK's daughter, who is very articulate and very active, you know, sort of in the true crime community, she mm-hmm. actually is on the brand new episode that Cheryl McCollum just came out with on Zone 7. talking oh, nice. about. She's talking about this very thing. about. She says there really are so many similarities. And it's sort of kind of a nightmare for her to relive all this stuff because it's reminding her of she kind of said that BTK's daughter said that her life is sort of divided between before Mm -hmm. her dad was arrested and after because that's when their lives all changed so much so it's really sad I can only imagine how horrible that must be to have that stigma you know oh you're the BTK's daughter well and then also just to get your life blown up like that because you thought this was your dad he may not have been perfect he was probably a pain in the ass you know but but then to find out it's not just that your dad's kind of you know maybe whatever he was abusive or I don't know what he was but to find out that however annoying he was to live with, that he was actually leading this horrendous double life. And um, anyway, BTK's daughter's name is Carrie Rawson. And that's, um, she is, she does a lot of media stuff, but mm-hmm. she's on the latest um, Zone 7 episode with Cheryl McCollum. That's it's awesome. really interesting. Yeah. I listened to it I'm yesterday. I'm going to listen to that. I have it caught up because I've been traveling, but I'm definitely going to listen to that for sure. Yeah, it was really good. And so, um, you know, it's just a difficult case. It's going to be difficult to hear these details. It was heartbreaking to hear that 911 call. Mm-hmm. It's just another disgusting case. It's like a Ted Bundy. It's like the BTK. It's just these people are sick and they kill people over and over and there's just no rhyme or reason to it. I guess they're just psychopaths. You know, we have to give kudos to um, uh, these people that do 911 because I, she was so together. I mean, I would be, it would be very hard to just be, I would be frantic because you don't know what's happening. You don't know. And it would be so hard for me. And I guess they're just, it takes a certain kind of person. It's it's such a tough job too, because I would be afraid that maybe I might've caused a delay or Mm -hmm. whatever. So yeah, that's definitely a shout out to all the 911 operators out there. You You guys are doing an awesome job. Okay, so I'm going to play the um, the audio from the press conference. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's okay. So I'm going to play that now um, because it I, and again, it's just a portion of it because it is long. So I just have a small snippet for you, but I just thought it would be interesting to at least hear this part of it. Um, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you all for coming. Um, 
you know, I'm standing here with uh, my law enforcement partners in the Gilgo Task Force uh, to announce uh, the indictment of defendant Rex Andrew Heerman, 59 years of age. Uh, and he's been arrested by the Suffolk County uh, Police Department's homicide detectives, and he's been indicted uh, in a grand jury present, uh, presentation by the, the Suffolk County District Attorney's Office uh, for the murders of Melissa Bartholomew, Megan Waterman, and Amber Costello. Uh, the, the investigation of Maureen Brainerd Barnes is ongoing. Uh, these young women went missing between July of 2007 and September of 2010. They were found in De uh, December of 2010 by the Suffolk County Police Department, and then there was nothing, absolutely nothing. For, their ne for the next 13 years, their cases went unsolved until today. Uh, when I took office in January of 2022, I made uh, Gilgo a priority. I made Gilgo a priority before I took office. I met uh, with the victims' families, uh, some of whom I'm proud to have standing with us today, and I told them that we were going to handle this case differently. We were going to do it differently, and that when I showed up, you weren't going to see me calling the media and being on Gilgo Beach with a giant... Uh, um, magnifying lens, looking for clues 12 years after the case, what I was going to do was I was going to work with my task force. We were going to form a task force. We were going to work with the Suffolk County Police Department. We were going to work with the Suffolk County Sheriff's Office. We were going to work with the New York State uh, Police. And we were going to work with our FBI. And we were going to form this task force. And we were going to work together. And we were going to, we were going to use the grand jury, the power of the grand jury to cut to to reach a determination in this case, because the grand. Okay, so that's just a small portion of the um, uh, the press conference that they had after he was arrested, um, and I just I. I'm, I'm really impressed with this task force. I've never heard of this before, but I think it's amazing. I mean, obviously I've heard of, you know, a bunch of different groups of people getting together and, and helping solve cases, you know, and forming these little. I um, remember at the very beginning of this case, I remember when I first met you, I remember my husband was saying they should put together a task force. Remember yes. we talked about that? Yes. I mean, that would just make sense. Yeah. I mean, it make, it does make sense because different people do different things and they all bring it together. And that's exactly what happened in this case. Now, what led police to Rex in the winter of 2010, Dave scholar told police about his truck. Um, the man was, he, this is how he described him. The man was a towering Frankenstein like figure with an empty gaze who drove a first generation, Chevy Avalanche. And so that right there is, is, is good information. But I mean, when you're looking for a needle in a haystack, which kind of isn't, cause I mean, there's not many people that are, what is he? Six, six. Mm -hmm. There's not many people that are six foot six. So mm -hmm. that's, that is a little bit yeah. easier, but, um, but anyway, he, it cost Amber Costillo. It's very weird. I haven't really delved into this and so maybe we can do another episode at some point about her, but she was last seen alive on September 2nd, 2010, as she left to meet uh, with that same client that David Scholar, Dave Scholar is referring to, which, as we know now, is more than likely, allegedly, uh, Rex Hurman. So the evidence, I just quickly want to tell what evidence they have against Rex. A hair belonging to Rex's wife was found on the victims, three of the four. Uh, they matched using DNA. DNA was taken from a pizza box discarded by Rex. 
uh, burner phones seen on <laughs> he was seen on surveillance footage buying those uh, burner phones. Wow. He also stole two cell phones from the victims and used those to taunt the family, which is just absolutely crazy That's to me. Disgusting. Um, bone-like fragments were found in the backyard, but that they 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 thought it was bone-like fragments, but I think now it might have not. It's not confirmed. We'll put it that way. Um, a hair found on the burlap sack uh, what was tied to what was in. Uh, by Waterman's body was tied to Rex. Sorry, I got confused with my wording there. And then cell tower pings also connected him. Um, the charges are three counts of first-degree murder for Melissa Bartholomew, Megan Waterman, and Amber Costello. So that is the case against him right now. Um, it seems overwhelming. They have a lot of evidence. But, of course, again, this is just, you know, he's allegedly the Long Island serial killer. It'll be interesting to see what happens in the future in this case because there's so much uh, going on here. And I hope they're able to tie the fourth one in. But even if they're not, three of them are enough, you know? Right. It's crazy. Yeah, it's a lot of a lot of information, and it's very interesting. And and more and more information coming him. out. I have a feeling this is going to be a long, complicated, and really creepy tale. You know, the other day, one of the things they found was a stand-up vault in his in his house, and there was guns in there, and a life-size doll. Yeah, it's creepy. That just super weird. creepy stuff that just. They, they had over 300 subpoenas and they said he owned over 100 guns. That's crazy. Yeah, this is going to keep getting wilder, guns. I think. So, yeah. all right. Well, um, that's, it. that's it. Okay. Well, thank you so much for joining us on True Crime Broads and we hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for listening to True Crime Broads. We would also love to see you on our social media. Our two main platforms are Instagram and Facebook under True Crime Broads. But we also have a presence on YouTube, TikTok, and Twitter. And also, if you listen to our podcast and enjoy it, please feel free to leave us a five-star rating on Spotify and Apple. And also, there's an option on Apple to leave a review as well. Thank you for listening to True Crime Broads. Let's go, huh, huh, yeah, let's go, where you find what? I mean, yeah, let's go, huh, ooh, I said by my neck, let it shine, let it shine, yeah, she gon' hit my line, I decline, I decline, yeah, shall I be the best, I'm the fine, I'm the fine, yeah, count on all these racks, give me time, give me time, yeah, she gon' hit my phone, where you from, where you at, though, if you laughing at me, then just get up on my bitch, though, all my diamonds shining like you never seen.
feeling like yesterday.